giant monster bullshit is the most listened to conservative podcast in the country. Strike. Good bowl. Thanks. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome back to our, to our uh, no, no cussing, cussing episode of Giant Monster Bull. Giant Monster Bull. Oh, God, oh, this is no. going to be harder than I thought. BS. Oh, man. Giant Monster. Mmm. Yeah. Giant Monster, you know what? Giant Monster expletive. It's a cuss word. Giant Monster beep. What the heck did we watch today? What the fun did we just watch today? Stop, Gretton. <laughs> Stop. We watched Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, also titled sometimes Godzilla versus Hedora. God knows what the real title is. We'll never know. We'll never know. Do, do you have history with this movie, Gretton? When did you first watch this? Do I have history? Um, well, what do you know? I know that this movie was directed by Yoshimitsu Bano. It marks the fourth director to get their grubby, perfectly normal hands on a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. But he's also not one of the big two so far. John Fukuda. Be careful there. Yeah. Stop. And Ishiro Honda are gone for the moment. Bye. Bye-bye. This movie got like a creepypasta. Oh, uh, yeah. Loosely based off of its production, which from what I understand or what I remember of it was really long. A lot of the creepypasta was actually kind of based on the actual production of what was going on, or not based off of, but like pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, it was a very weird production, and the uh, the director was a really weird guy who wanted a really weird movie. Yeah. Do you know about the, the movie he wanted to make after this? Uh, no, I don't remember. He wanted to, like long after... Like, even the Heisei era had ended. He wanted to do a direct sequel to this movie, and he wanted it to be... I forgot what he wanted it called, and then eventually he tried to pursue doing some... I think it was, like, an IMAX exclusive thing, or, like, some kind of 3D movie that was a development of that idea to create a direct sequel to this that was going to be, like, a half-an-hour, like, IMAX experience, and... That also fell through. Eventually, he became, uh, I believe, something like an executive producer for the 2014 movie. What? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, he was, I think, the only Toho person involved, or person who had experience with the Toho Godzilla who was involved with the 2014 movie. And that's confirmed? Yeah, he's in the, the opening credits. Shoot. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. This is big. But, yeah, he, he ended up being involved with that, and then I think he died that same year. That's awesome. Yeah, but I, I think it's <laughs> kind of... no, that's, that's crazy, though. I think it's kind of sad that he never got to pursue his direct sequel. We we haven't really gotten many crazy ideas like that. No. Followed through with Godzilla. Yeah. It's mainly this, just, like, reboots. Yeah, kind of, like, twists on different, like, concepts, sort of just sort of broad strokes differences i would have liked to see like several series happen in between two entries that are you know back to back Mm -hmm. some you know returning to a continuity a dead continuity a dead continuity that's bizarre like not just in what happens but just stylistically and from that same guy right you know like what would he make i think he he wanted to do another hedora monster or something right but like how would all this turn out you know with like modern production techniques and yeah they know so much more about 
making these types of movies. Now, that's crazy. I, I didn't know about any of that. This was at a blockbuster in Waveland. And this was at the blockbuster, and that was the only place that I had Godzilla movies. That was the only place I could get them. And this was one of the few. They had, like, Gigan and, like, a handful others. Yeah, this one, I don't quite remember the first time I watched it, but I remember I was just, uh, as a kid, I was... I didn't understand quite how weird it was, but I was like, this is different. Right. A lot of people considered this Gigan and Megalon to be a trilogy. Really? Yeah. And I would argue that this and Gigan, maybe a duology. I think there's a lot of same energy there, but this is the only film in the show series that this guy directed. And I think Gigan and Megalon are Jun Fukuda again. Oh, really? Yeah. But- this and Gigan are very, very similar in tone and atmosphere. Yeah, just how weird they are. The, some of the like, shoot. I mean, like this one's much more than Gigan, but like the weird, almost like hippie culture that is involved in it. The time period is very evident. We're no yes. longer in the 60s and we're kind of seeing like late 60s, early 70s fashion, like Scooby-Doo fashion start to become very front and center. All the... The characters are wearing like ascots, bandanas, vests. Yeah, uh, the women are getting sexier. The women um, are just getting sexier, and, and, and it won't stop. It won't stop. They it just won't stop. <laughs> Make it stop. Make it stop, please. I've seen this movie very many times. Mm-hmm. It was at whatever movie store I went to in Florida after I had gotten into the series a little bit. This was one that just found its way into the rotation, and I was like, okay brought it home and it has the distinction of being the only Godzilla movie as a kid that actually scared me. (laughs) I remember being very disturbed by how directly you saw Hedorah interacting with people, the the effects of Hedorah. And I thought it was really terrifying that not only could Hedorah kill people by like crushing them or smashing buildings but just that flying over people just kill it was, them. was enough to kill yeah. them. Yeah, it was like the gas or the smoke or whatever. And I thought, you know, that that's stinky, terrifying. Like, I don't even have to be outside. He'll stinky fly over me and my stinky building will melt my house. And then I would turn into a skeleton Yeah, in a very scary fashion with my skin flashing different tones and yeah. getting sores all over my body before becoming a skeleton. It's, yeah, he kills people horribly in this, and it's never really, like, defined. Like, they say, like, oh, like, that one uh, papa gets burned. Right. And he's like, I burn my skin like sulfuric acid yeah. would burn my skin. But, like, the stuff where he, like, just flies over him, it's like, oh, no, the pollution. You know, it's never really explained exactly how he's turning people into skeletons. Like, it's just generally... They said it was a lot of stuff. They they had kind of an idea towards the beginning where it's like, okay, he's made of carbon. Carbon was one of the big things. And then- They also had an element that just sounded like- uh, Sulfur. Oh, yeah. They, they created an element, like hedrium. Yeah. But they kept adding more. They were like, oh, there's also, you know- sulfide and all this stuff and they just kept kind of adding stuff it was like and this is why he corrodes metal and this is why he does this and this is how he can do this and then on top of all that they were like okay and he's probably from another planet 
Yeah, like maybe, probably, uh, and they also said like the fallout of the nuclear and hydro or the atom and hydrogen bomb is in the ocean. Uh, yeah, well, that that one was, was more kid, of an I aside. Uh, I always thought when I was a kid, I saw that as the explanation. I was like, well, there, there you go. To me, that seemed more like an aside. Like the, I think the kids saying that. Yeah. No. Now. Yeah. Saying like, oh, all of this ended Godzilla's up in the ocean. Angry. So this movie also scared me a good little bit uh, at certain parts. I said it didn't weird me out that much. Like it was either like I was like, this is different and I don't know how. And then at times it just like really did scare me. Mm-hmm. Like it, there was no in between of like, what is this? Um, like uh, when we get the fish people at the club, I remember being very like, what, 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 what was I not paying attention? I don't understand what's happening. And then it goes away after a second. Now, this is something we gave the, the last movie a hard time about, was these weird ideas and editing decisions that made it all the way into the final product that are inexplicable and just seems like a, a mishmash of people's ideas that yeah. don't seem to fit together. And you would think this movie is guilty of a lot of the same things, but this movie never made me feel bad watching it as a kid. I always liked it. The, the the parts, especially towards the end with Godzilla fighting Hedorah, were really entertaining. And this movie never made me feel that awfulness that Godzilla's Revenge did. Yeah. That almost like sickness. I remember Godzilla's Revenge used to make me feel like sad. Something about it. There was just something about it. It was like dumb and uh, stinky that made me feel like this is like this movie stinks. And it would just like kind of make me sad. <laughs> this this movie, even though you could argue that it's weirder in, in places, yeah, that the editing is just as weird, maybe a little less weird, a little more weird. You could, I, I'll believe any of it, but I can't really put my finger on it. But this movie, I like it a lot, and I feel the complete opposite towards Godzilla's Revenge. Yeah, well, I think the thing about this one is that unlike Godzilla's Revenge, this movie somehow creates. I'm going to sound like a complete jerk, but I think this movie sort of it creates its own like reality in that like whenever these weird editing things, I don't know how exactly they managed to do this, but in my mind, like whenever this weird stuff happens, it makes sense in the logic of this movie. Like it's not like Godzilla's Revenge where it's a bunch of normal stuff and then we switch into like a another world or whatever and it's like such a jump but there's like lots of little weird things that go on for a while pretty close to the beginning so it like it never feels like what is going on it's like okay this is kind of weird but this is how this movie is working okay so you're saying this movie is the base world that this movie exists in is by default a little weird yeah and, and a little I mean, more artificial and so when those moments happen they feel they feel more organic yes and 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 Godzilla's Revenge, you're saying that the rest of the movie is almost carrying on as normal. Yeah. And, and it and makes it, those awful moments stick out even worse because yeah. the world is presented in such a normal way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's also like a little more intangible than that, I think, but that's sort of the long and short of it. But like Godzilla's Revenge would just do, do stuff that doesn't make any sense. And in this movie, there's plenty of stuff that doesn't, you would call not making sense, you know, but Godzilla's Revenge, like, switching over and having Manila talking to this kid and he's like little sized and he grows and all this stuff. It was really like that didn't make sense in a way where it was like, yeah, I mean, it just establishes normalcy first and it just like 
out of nowhere, the kid falls asleep and you're not, it's not established really well that he's dreaming. It's just weird. And he's on an airplane for some reason, you know, it's just, but the, in this, you know, there's like pretty early on, there's like a little animated segment, you know, one of those animated bits with Hedora. There's also like a bunch of, it starts out with like a bunch of shots of pollution that aren't really placed anywhere in reality. So it, to me, that's just how this movie's operating. Like it's just, it's just a weird movie. I think you have a very good chance of being correct as to why we, we have a fondness for this movie as opposed to- Thank you. As opposed to having a, a real disdain for Godzilla's revenge. Mm -hmm. But I think another possibility is that Godzilla's revenge used those really out of place, uncomfortable editing choices and direction choices in a world and a story that was supposed to be generally positive. Mm -hmm. This is a very positive child. And this is he's, kind he's, of a movie for kids. He's overcoming, too. yeah, very simple things he's facing, bad things that he's having to sort of grow up and, and take charge of. And it's very playful and they try to make it really colorful. And I think maybe that has a, a, a role in why I find it really depressing is because it really fails mm -hmm. at creating like a genuinely happy and bubbly environment. It just makes me feel kind of sick. And in this one, it, it was a very intentional choice to make this a bleak, depressing, weird world. Yeah. The shot of like the baby submerged in, slime? in sludge yeah. with like all those people like protesting about the environment is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. So when I do, it doesn't feel wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable or like it, at least just it's meant to be weird. It's not like on accident. Most of the shots in the movie are very dark mm -hmm. and very grimy and Godzilla's Revenge almost felt like it was supposed to be a coming of age movie. Yeah. So when you got these like really disgusting visuals of this industrialized wasteland that yeah. they lived in, <laughs> yeah. it really contrasted with what they were going for. And here that was totally what they were trying to play up. Like you yeah. see this disgusting, like sad looking city mm -hmm. and the monsters fight in it. And you're kind of supposed to be, you know, you're not supposed to be really happy during this. That's why I think it's kind of interesting that this movie carried over the idea of having a child as the protagonist because yes it seems like if you look at it from that regard it seems almost very aimed at kids and it feels almost a little more gamera e with how the kid is sort of involved in this one in my opinion not like in that he has direct connection with the monster or anything but just the way that he sort of acts he says like oh i call it hedora and it's like yeah it's just a name he made up for him and then like everybody starts calling him hedora that was giving me echoes of it. Okay. I, I see that. But to me personally, I feel like because the last movie borrowed the child protagonist idea from Gamera movies and in that way used him as a very Gamera type kid. The kid's always chipper. He's always talking about Godzilla and he's always positive about Godzilla. I'm going to talk to Godzilla. I want to go to Monster Island. I want to meet Godzilla, blah, blah, blah. And I can see what you mean because this the kid in... Godzilla versus the Smog Monster is very pro Godzilla. He's always talking about like Godzilla will do this, but then he has these moments of he's like Godzilla's gonna come save us, and then he'll say like right, Dad. Mm -hmm. He has like these like momentary like lapses in confidence, and he's like, is the monster gonna keep growing, Dad? Like he's got yeah. this like constant kind of like dread going 
of like, can I trust that this monster will save us? Mm. And in that way, I think it's really subtly used to a different effect okay, yeah, than the yeah. kid has been, the children have been in Gamera movies and in Godzilla's Revenge. And I think that's why I came away from this really not minding that the kid was the protagonist mm-hmm. because they used him in like a way to make the movie even more dark. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And I'm not saying this is like a super edgy dark movie, but no. it, it's trying to create a discomforting atmosphere yeah. and it uses the kid to even further that. Yeah, kid gets his like hand burned yeah. by Hedora like early on. Hedora burns his hand and... It also, it, it makes you uncomfortable because this like young child's dad gets like disfigured at the very beginning of the movie. So you're like, oh God. I thought he died. Uh, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I should mention it. Uh, it's been several years probably. The beach itself reminded me, uh, you haven't seen Under the Skin, right? It reminded me of this part in Under the Skin that's pretty awful. But uh, I thought the dad died and I was like, shoot, is this kid going to be standing on the rocks waiting for his dad who never comes back. Right. They kind of give you that sense. Yeah. He's like crying. He's like, yeah, he's calling for his dad. And then they like cut to some other stuff. And when they cut back, he's like just standing there, like starting to cry. (sighs) Yeah. But then they cut to uh, his dad in bandages or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of comical. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's like always lying down, even though I think he's just like burned, but they're acting like he was really badly injured. Yeah. I think it's just a topical. Mm hmm cosmetic yeah yeah i thought that was kind of weird <laughs> but it's fine but it almost seems like something like they were gonna have him die and then somebody said no maybe you know but i, I can't say anything for sure this movie is pretty weird like it's got a very unique not in just like looking at it like oh this is weird because some of this stuff doesn't make sense this is very weird for this series mm-hmm. this movie because this isn't just a godzilla movie like this is one of the rare Godzilla movies where somebody went, I want to make my own thing yeah. out of Godzilla. Yeah, or I, I want to use Godzilla in my movie. artsy <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, totally. There are very few other Godzilla movies like this. This movie even completely ditches the Godzilla theme. In, oh, yeah, in, yeah. In any way, the music, every time they've created like a new theme for him. <laughs> and it's, shoot, weird uh just like the movie like it's kind of like sickly almost like right it, it sounds like normally they use godzilla and kind of uh even though he's not always been a good guy in the series but they usually when they introduce him they play this like bombastic theme that's almost like a heroic theme yeah it's like big it feels big like him and in this godzilla is at his most peaceful mm-hmm. with the humans there's a part where he directly works with the humans plan to get rid of Hedora mm-hmm. but they use this theme that just doesn't really sit right and it it's kind of like a reluctant like uh, yeah it, yeah I was about to say it it's almost no, like the people who are playing those horns don't even want to like they're yeah like, it's got no energy it's very atonal like it's not very musical <laughs> right uh it, it it's bizarre it it, 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 it <laughs> Like I said, it's it kind of fits with this movie. It totally does. And when Godzilla shows up, he's I think he is in the ocean, but you just see like you know a medium shot of it, you know chest up, and he's like You've walking. Been studying your vocabulary terms. <clears throat> he's walking in front of a projection, and like the projection is of a big sunset, and the projection is like over him. So mm-hmm. like as he moves, 
and I thought that was a really weird stylistic choice. That wait, are you talking about that like early on in the movie where he's like on the that's on the like horizon? His, his first appearance, yeah, is when he's like walking in front of a, a sunset. It's being projected onto a wall, and it's also being projected onto him. Is it that orange light that's on him? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can see it, and it's very clear. Like it's he's not walking in front of a matte painting. So that was like a decision, and it's honestly a really nice shot. A rare thing for this movie. Where it's like, wow, that's that's pretty. Uh, there were several shots in this movie that I thought were actually really good. Mm-hmm. There's a long shot of his dad, the, the kid's dad underwater, where he's like center of the frame and like he's just swimming and there's yeah. like bubbles. Yeah, and they have like, like all these bubbles like out of focus because they're so close to the camera. And, and there's like, no music. Yeah. And I really liked that. And later there were some shots of, I think they were on Mount Fuji, like doing that weird hippie protest. And then like after all the hippies had died, there were like some shots of that woman and the little kid like standing there alone mm-hmm. yeah. that I thought were really good. There's also those old people that are like watching oh, God, these yeah. hippies and it's like, it's creepy, but it's also like a really like, I, I like the shot. Like they're lit from like underneath. So that's like, it's really off putting light and you don't. It's Japanese scary. Yes. It's, it's very Japanese and it's very uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. It's like all these old people. I think also because it's like a bunch of good looking young people. You know, yeah, like who, dancing who and having fun and then burning like the, man type. Yeah. And it's like the afternoon. Yeah. And they're like lighting some fires. The sun's going down and like it cuts from the sunset shot of them until like these old people like you have no idea where these old people are in relation to right. these. Like it might be. You just know some, that they're they're somewhere around them and that they're looking at them. But really, that's you assuming that <laughs> like there's nothing to tell you. Right. Well, the, the shrubbery kind of looks similar to what's I guess, outside but like, of them. It's like nighttime around them and they're like lit with like this blue light like from under them. And they're all looking like really like. Like I got disturbed. the feeling that those were either the ghost of people who Hedorah has already killed or the ghost of people that like Godzilla killed or like victims of the bomb or something. Their ancestors? I don't know. I got I, I think watching this before I kind of assumed they were like hobos or something. Really? <laughs> and this time it's very apparent to me that they're supposed to be spirits of some kind. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think they're supposed to be some kind of just like observing, onlooking it's s- so bizarre. spirits of and dead it's just, people. The, it, that shot just shows up twice. There's one like, and then it's like just around that sequence, I think. Mm-hmm. And like right before Hedorah shows up, they cut to him for a second. Yeah. I, once before Hedorah attacks and once after Hedorah's killed all of them, I think. Oh, yeah. It's like so weird. It's so weird. It's like, but it's it's a good shot. Like I was saying, like they're five old people yeah maybe six they're, they're all clustered you yeah, get maybe seven you get a, maybe eight <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe seven <laughs> but you you get an idea that there might be more outside of the shot because yeah there's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a cluster of them filling the frame behind this shrubbery <laughs> it looks like it's very modern that shot i mean we're going on about it a lot but it stands out so much because it's so off-putting it's just Old people are already disgusting to look at. Right. And then filming and lighting the... Am I right? Okay. Anyways, that shot looks good. It's it's just, like, bizarre. Uh, And then there's, like, a couple of, like, Godzilla during... The final fight uh, of just him at nighttime, and they somehow they're just photographing this suit really well. 
Yeah. They've got all the right angles on them a lot of times. I think they're really kind of starting to figure out exactly where to look at him from. I also noticed that and usually we don't get into the the thematic and like subtextual themes of these movies just because usually those are like very overly they've already been talked about a ton and they're usually people read surface too, level people read too far into them sometimes yeah. to where they're just like getting stuff that was never intended yeah totally but watching this and i've never heard anybody talk about this i really noticed that hedora is supposed to almost be a modern godzilla a modern for the time oh uh, yeah 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 i guess because like godzilla godzilla's presence is uh i don't know if you guys knew this but godzilla's <laughs> actually meant to represent the atomic bomb. But, you know, Godzilla's presence is a result of the bomb, which was the big thing right. in the 50s, and Hedorah pollution. Yeah, which is becoming a very much an a issue. issue yeah. as they're moving away from, you know, the nuclear scare or whatever. They're yeah. getting more towards environmental awareness. And I noticed that even in, like, you know, in the first Godzilla, when he, like, walks through that village and they're, like, detecting... Radiation. radiation and they're like get back this area's contaminated i saw a really similar thing they were doing here where like hedoro was leaving you know smog and stuff mm, wherever he mm-hmm. went he was yeah. like corroding the buildings yeah totally i haven't thought about it that way but and i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that was intentional and that, that would even down to when they were fighting they each godzilla like punches hedora in the eye and then hedora gets godzilla in the eye so for the majority of their fight they're both fighting with one eye disabled mm-hmm. yeah I, I noticed that and I, I i just noticed they were drawing a lot of similarities between them and i thought that was really cool yeah that, I, I haven't thought about that but that is really interesting that may have been what they were trying to do i think so but that would make a lot of sense like if that, not then that just makes Sedora a more compelling villain because yeah, i think it just flat out works yeah it just you know as like so oh there's some sort of ties but they're also pretty different especially right. now that godzilla at this point in history when this movie was made was kind of becoming something else right you know he wasn't really he was hardly even a monster anymore he was more of a character yeah yeah that's really interesting hador is a really original monster i I have that in my notes ambitious is the word i would choose yeah and i think in a lot of ways they pulled it off I, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, sort of seeing it and sort of seeing, like, this weird suit that they have, it's, like, easy to sort of laugh at it right. in some ways. But also, think thinking of the concept, it's like, all right, so up until now, we've had Godzilla fighting, like, you know, different lizards and right. a crawfish. Uh, big animals. Yeah, big animals. <laughs> um, so it's like, okay, so I want to do something where Godzilla is fighting a monster made of of goo right not a solid yeah he's made of sludge you know they make it pretty clear that like he's like even though they do have like a guy in a suit right walking around like they do like they do a lot to disguise that yes yeah they they have him like they they just do a good job of like making you understand like he's made completely he's he's made completely out of goo but yeah he's like swinging him around and like goo's coming off of him and that's pulled off like pretty well like Especially for the time where it's like, okay, we've had like guys in suits that are big animals. It's like, okay, well, I want to do one that's completely made out of goo. And I sort of imagine the designers like, ah, uh. right, <laughs> you know. But like, they pull it off pretty well. Like, Hedora has like 
a few forms that he switches in between pretty well. Those are some other shots that I, I forgot to mention, but there's a, uh, a few shots where the dad is underwater and he's looking up. Oh, yeah. And you see just silhouetted Ooh. Hedora swimming over and then like he swims across the screen and he's off screen and then he comes back into frame and he's now closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were like legitimately beautiful images. Mm-hmm. Like that is perfect. Yeah, that that's... a lot of that sh- actually shot underwater too. Right, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, I mean, a little bit of, of it is like that studio lighting mm-hmm. that's made to look like water. I think there's like a handful of shots, but like even those look good. It, this is the first Godzilla movie in a while that I feel like was made with the intention of making art. Right. Yeah. You know, which is something that we. This has been mo- like almost entirely, or yeah, entirely studio product since 1954 right yeah like everything's just been make a godzilla movie yeah you know and now it's like somebody's like kind of trying to make he's trying to make it look good like he's, he's not trying sticking to do the camera down new things yes with the subject matter and just with like filming things interestingly like picking a nice angle like and he's like cutting around a lot there's a lot of variance you never get tired of the visuals he does a good job of conveying scale. Mm-hmm. I noticed is he'll frame people in a very convincing way towards the bottom of the frame and yeah. use monsters. He'll, he'll do a lot to make them look big, even without the presence of buildings a lot of the time. Yeah. He did that really effectively, and he had a, a good sense of framing shots to where you felt a grand scale especially when that kid is the kid's waiting for his dad to come out of the water. Yeah. There's a shot where, where like they're pulled back and you see the kid, you know, in one of the thirds of the frame and you have like the rocky shore that he's on and it just feels big mm-hmm. and no other Godzilla movie has really given enough of a, a hoot to try to do something like that. They're just more concerned with like, okay, we got to make this kind of look like there's a big monster down there. And uh, I guess we'll throw like a car in here or something. It's been pretty industrial filmmaking. Like all the people stuff for a while has just been stick the camera down, have the actors recite their dialogue, cut a little bit, and then we're on, we got to have this thing done (laughs) by next month. There's real effort here to like do something different. And it pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Unlike, uh, Unlike the last movie, every effort they tried to make to do something different did not pay off. Yeah. And in effect, hurt the experience incredibly bad. Yeah, yeah. And also, this this movie doesn't reuse stuff. It reuses nothing. Yeah, that I'm aware of. Even the music, they've ditched the music. Yeah. I, I know I've already said that, but like that's incredible that they've bucked the Godzilla theme song, which is like one of his defining characteristics. Yeah, like, that shows that, up. Just he as breathes mu- fire, he roars, and that song plays. Yeah, it's just as much of sort of part of his pop culture image as he is. Yeah. You know, that music. And it this movie works. Like, even if you don't like this movie, like, it's trying to do something different. Like, there's a lot of effort here to way better than a lot of... This was totally a vision. Totally. This guy, Somebody like, had to... He had to sit and think, I want this done before they went there and did it. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways. Especially, there's a part where, like, some animation happens and, like, they're talking about Hedora proof masks being sold and then they have two women walk by each other and they have the masks and then, on then their faces get burned well, and the, then yeah their faces like they go like side to side and then they get pressed like you know 
back against one another facing opposite each other and then that becomes like a map yeah it's like a spot on the map that they say has been contaminated yeah which by Hedora. It, it turns from an animation into the actual footage and, and I was it's like seamless by the way that would all have to be completely visualized and planned with a good amount of effort yeah. And that's just a little moment. That's just a tiny moment. And there's tons of stuff like that in this movie that was just like some guy had to sit and think, I want this image to happen. We're going to have to do a lot of work to achieve what I want. Yeah. Typically, it's just like, okay, I guess we're going to have to have the monsters over here. So uh, throw in a couple styrofoam rocks mm-hmm. and uh, you yeah. know, toss them around. Put the uh, grass carpet down yeah. and uh, let's make some mountains. Let's get this done by lunchtime. The Hedora, I really, I want to talk a little bit about design-wise, mm-hmm. how effective Hedora is and how it, it's one of those things that gives Toho a leg up on the competition. Totally. We've been giving Gamera a pretty hard time about its monsters, and, and each time we usually refer to, like, Toho just has that little oomph yeah. into their monsters that just put them... It They just work a little, like, they... I think what I've said just in the, the quality. past... Yeah. standard for the entire genre. Yes. That's the standard yeah. is Toho monsters. And this is a prime example because you would never see any creature like this attempted in a Gamera movie. No, no. They would have... No, the creatures have to have arms. They have to have legs. Right. This thing is just a pile of goo and they pull it off. And I really like the eye. Yes. Adora's eye is like such a good image. Super good. Just red, black, and yellow. And they're also turned... Like they're like almost. Oh yeah, vertical. they're like inverted. Yeah, and that like all of it. Um, I noticed is like I was like he looks goopy. <laughs> I know right. I keep saying that, but like everything sort of droops on him. And I think turning those eyes mm-hmm. downwards. I think it might have just been like if we want these size eyes on him, we're gonna have to get him on there too. Like part of me thinks that, but also they're like they make like an A shape almost. It just like looks like a just bah, droopy. You right. know what I mean? I, I like mean, they're just vertical. everything. Yeah, everything works in that design to and achieve a, this thing. A cool thing about Hedora is like the, there's a part where he's inhaling smoke from these like mm-hmm. smokestacks, and like this sack on his back is getting like inflated. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes he is he has like a little he has the ability to shoot goo out of a little hole, and then like every now and then like this crack will open in the top of his head and like yeah. his brain will inflate a, a bright red color yeah, it's almost like a like an intimidation thing almost and like that's what some, i think of sometimes he can shoot a thin red beam out of one of his eyes yeah and i love that even though they do spend a lot of time trying to explain like the pseudoscience yeah. behind hedora but he has all of these little like features that are used only one or two times and i feel like in a gamera movie they would at each one of these. It would be like, "This is Hedora's, you know, oxygen beam Ray, power." Yeah. Uh, this is how we combat it. They'd have like a long expositional scene, like breaking it down. Like, okay, idiots, this is what we're trying to do with the monster. And here yeah. they just they do weird one-off things with Hedora, and they're like, "Yeah, you interpret that." Yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. At one point, Godzilla just pulls out these two white balls that are clearly not Hedora's eyes, mm-hmm. and it like holds them. And then, like, don't they turn to ash? Yeah, he uh, he breathes uh, his atomic breath onto the little panels that they were using to. Yeah, and then it, it and turns they them turn to, to dust. ash, and then he. Yeah, you, the audience is entirely left to their own to determine what that was. Yeah, 
and I love that. <laughs> like, a, as a kid, that, that was kind of like, well, what's going on? You know, yeah. I didn't quite, quite understand that. I was just like, okay, you know. But it's never, like, lazy. It's never, like, no. I don't care if you understand. It's, like, just whatever. It doesn't really matter now what exactly I, that was. Watching it now, I can appreciate it's just, like, this weird stuff. Like, we don't understand what's going on. Yeah, are but these, not in a bad way. Are these supposed to be part of, like, Hedora's powers or eggs? his energy? Are they his, like brain in some way? Are they way? supposed to be representative of something? But he gets back up after Godzilla destroys those things. Right. I don't know if like all of these things are supposed to be like representative of, of like an aspect about pollution or something. I don't know. But I like all of it. No, yeah. I like that it's there and that's another thing that just makes Hedorah a really cool monster. Yeah, totally. Compared to the competition. And I love basically all the Toho monsters are great. Mm-hmm. But this is like an exception because he's so different and has so much effort put into him that he really holds the movie. Like, he, he holds my attention this whole movie. It's not just like two big things smacking against each other. Totally. There, there's a lot more going on in between them. And yeah, Hedorah's awesome. For me, in terms of the fights, I got to say, one of the things I, I, upon watching this, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about is like sometimes the fights were like. Uh, they were sort of like a little too slow moving for me at times. I'd be sitting there and it'd be like, come on, can we cut? Can we cut? It would really be like them moving towards each other for long periods of time. It would just like sometimes it would just be really slow moving. It never like got on my nerves too much, but it was like. I know what you're talking about. And I definitely noticed it as the movie was going on. But and maybe that's this is just me making up for a kind of flaw in, in mm. the filmmaking or whatever. But to me, it, it seemed deliberate. The, the the monsters in this are supposed to be almost more lumbering than usual. And I associate that big, slow, like, lumberingness with these monsters. Yeah. And that's probably an, a, a preference of mine. But I, I've been vocal about my dissatisfaction every time monsters go fast yeah no, in this series totally. i would rather this than right especially when it's like a pretty good for these movies like a good movie mm-hmm. like i wouldn't want it to be like messed up mm-hmm. by that but like i i felt like yeah it was like a lumbering thing but it, it i felt like it was almost an editing thing of like it was just going a little too slow on some shots sometimes, like not just like like things weren't happening fast enough. It was like they would hold on something too long. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I get it. I get it. Right. Okay, like, you know. But uh, that was really only like during like certain parts of the fights, and it never went on like crazy long, and it's only in those sections of the movie. But that that was one negative thing I have to say about this movie. Do you have anything negative to say before we go back to – praising this excellent piece of art i would say primarily the negatives are the seemingly inescapable campy traits of the show of movies mm-hmm. that this movie just inevitably fell into that just yeah odd delivery of lines some you know military people show up at the end some some odd moments and maybe it's like a cultural thing too mm-hmm. uh, not only about that that time period but that place and time period there were just some the the words they were saying just seemed a little seem a little weird and i think a lot of people associate that weirdness with godzilla yeah even still now but just as like a an old foreign movie franchise mm. th- there's that campiness and i'm not too big of a fan of the cartoon parts i i like the animation style yeah 
a lot. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah. That's what the the sort of psychedelia that's involved mm-hmm. with this movie is very to me very uh, late '60s, and I sort of associate it with the Beatles. And it might be because of those animations, sort of looking like Yellow Submarine. That part where the the two faces sort of pass each other and then become like one image yes. of two faces. I'm pretty sure they did the exact same thing at oh, one really? point in Yellow <laughs> Submarine. That same trick where they kind of like rotoscope the face and then like. Mm. Fill the face with like a separate animation. Right. But I like the animation style. I like they make Hedora's mouth look like a butthole. I <laughs> notice in all of those, which never really comes through with the suit. No. But I like it. And th- there's a part where he like picks up like a, a boat or something and starts drinking like sludge yeah, out of it. Yeah. And I like that, but I don't necessarily like that being intercut with the movie. I understand that. I'm all right with it. And it's part of. In my opinion, I was talking earlier about this movie sort of creating a, a tone of general sort of weirdness, almost anything goes yeah. type of thing. And It totally it, fits. There's a lot of things that are supposed to be like interjections mm-hmm. in the movie, and I, I, they they don't feel too out of place, even though they are like weird. But and out of place. They are out of place, but at the same time at home with the, the universe totally. created, but- I also don't think they necessarily added anything. Yeah, that I, needed. I, I agree. Like they didn't, they didn't really communicate anything I wasn't already aware of. And it was really more like a stylistic flourish, right? But they, I, I, my, my thinking is sort of that th- those bits actually might be helping some of the other strange parts of this movie work. You're, you're probably right. I wouldn't change a single thing about this movie. Do you have any more uh, moments? That you want to talk about? I want to talk about about some weird moments. Uh, Honestly, one of the first ones, and one of the ones that gets talked about a lot, is the part at the club. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, so let's. There's like this character, and what is that guy that's at the club watching that girl dance? What is his relation to the scientist? He like shows up in one scene before. I don't believe that he's the son of the scientist. I just didn't get that connection with them yeah no but I, that's I another either. thing that's entirely left up to the audience i think i guess he's but he just almost like, seemed like a babysitter to the something kid like because that he, he shows had... up and talks to the kid like early on oh yeah and he's oh yeah in the very first scene he's like oh is that your is that uh he asked like something about godzilla to the kid the kid's playing like with a godzilla toy sending it down a slide yeah yeah so i'm guessing he's something like a babysitter but he's he's got some relationship to this kid's family yeah like he knows them or he works with them in some way but i I don't know that's a weird thing anyways but like we just see like a little bit of him and then he's like in that opening scene and then i think he's in a little bit a little while after that and then we get this scene where just cuts to him and it takes a second to realize who he is because a lot of dudes have very similar fashion in this movie a lot of the psychedelic it kind of blends together i think this was at a point where this is kind of an aside, but the influence that we've seen basically in every film after 54 up until now has been sort of a almost like forced westernized, like they're putting everybody in suits and that's like post-imperial Japan trying to be forced. And I think a lot of that had to do with the occupation of Japan right. where it was just like be capitalist, you know, yeah, and everybody's yeah. wearing suits and everybody's very proper and well-mannered and all the women are very uh, modestly dressed mm-hmm. and i think or during the 60s there was like a counterculture even oh, more yeah. westernized because 
that was counterculture in America too. Yeah. That there was a very similar thing going on where hippies dressed different than people wearing suits. And that happened later in Japan because like all that stuff had to travel. And yeah, I think that kinda. was really during the sixties, I think there was a big push against that from traditionalists in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because not only would it be like against like sort of these American values that had sort of wiggled themselves into Japan at this point, but it would also be like- Completely like, against- Anybody who's conservative- By Japan But yeah, standards. Japan standards, who's like, we got to hold on to some of this tradition. And then, you know, like these young people are like, yeah, frick, the American mm-hmm. stuff. And also- the Japanese stuff, yeah. you know? So you're getting a very... They're basically Zoomers. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so this dude is there uh, at this, like, club, and it's, like, going on during this monster attack that's already started by the time we cut to him, I think. Right, yeah. And uh, I guess his girlfriend that we've seen earlier in the film, she's, like, in a wig, first of all, and she's in, like, this bodysuit. She's singing and dancing. Yeah, and she's painted in a bunch of places and there's like this band dancing with like these like acid painting like projections like it looks like one of those old pink floyd shows and they're playing this music and then she starts singing to it and he's like looking up at her and he's drinking and then eventually he uh like blinks and he looks around and everybody's wearing uh fish masks and he looks up at his GF or whatever, and she's also got a fish mask on. And uh, that goes on for a second, and then it stops, and some sludge comes down the stairs. Right? He sees he sees that happening, and he like tries to shake it off. He's like he knows he's seeing things, and he's right. like okay, and he like closes his eyes, and he's like he's like I'm gonna open it up, and everything's gonna be back to normal. And he opens his eyes again, and everybody's still wearing the masks. And then it's not until after that, like, the monsters are fighting and Godzilla has beaten Hedorah pretty badly. And then there's, like, bits of Hedorah everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it starts, the sludge comes down the stairs. And that's when everybody gets back to normal. Yeah, they freak out. And but it's, it's weird. I'm not exactly sure what they were trying to do with that. I'm not sure either. Uh, it's very bizarre. It's probably the most inexplicable part of the movie it's, people like to say like oh this is like where you know godzilla gets kind of psychedelic they're really only talking about this scene yeah i mean besides from this you know sort of counterculture stuff present in the movie just sort of in terms of wardrobe this this scene it's like got the rock music and yeah. the weird images and then this guy is maybe we're supposed to interpret it as a some kind of drug-induced Maybe. vision that he's having where all these people but they're kind of at like a not like a disco but like a rave almost almost yeah because it's, there's like flashing lights and everybody's just dancing it's a club it's some type of club weird club yeah and so these fish masks and like okay so like i don't understand how that's happening in the logic of the film exactly but i also don't know why it's happening because it's like first of all so like first first line of defense is like Okay, what is literally happening in the movie? That doesn't make sense. Okay, so what's he trying to like say with this? What environmental message or statement could I glean off of this? And I, I really, I'm coming up blank. Like I really don't know. Again, I'm... I might be just like projecting something onto the film that isn't there. Mm. But what I kind of got from it was that like all the fish the sea is getting like filled with like trash hmm. and 
so they can't be in the sea anymore. Now they're on land. Maybe. Is what I got. I mean, it's so shoot weird out of the box or freaking weird. Right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, dude. Don't tell, don't tell my mom. Don't tell my mom. But it's like so, it's so out there that I'm willing to really expect, like, it, it, the director might even be like, yeah, whatever you want it. Yeah. That might just be a, another thing that's just a stylistic flourish, honestly. Like, that's the I director, guess. I can imagine him being, he's like, yeah, uh, I do a lot of acid and I kind of wanted to have like a guy in this that does acid, right. you know, because I do that. My guess is only, it, it's still a shot in the dark that I've come to after seeing this movie like countless times. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever it is, is very below the surface. It's cryptic, if you want to call it that. If there's a meaning, it's 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 buried. And I want to mention, we're talking about this movie, praising it a lot, but I don't want to give all y'all the idea that it's not uh, silly, that you can't make fun of this movie. I was making a few jokes throughout this movie. I think that's that's the camp I was referring yeah, to. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. inescapable with these. No matter how good you make one of these, it's going to fall into it. I think it just has to do with the time. Yeah. And like I said, the the culture, the the fact totally. that like there there's that much of a a disconnect. Like we can yeah we can relate ourselves to them in so many ways, but there's just the there's a lot of little, stuff they don't understand. There, yeah. That little gap there that is completely foreign to us. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that this happened 40, 50 years ago just leaves that that room to to laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty good. There's also just some weird looking people in here. There's a military guy at the very end that shows up who's just got a very it kind of looks like that. Like he's very yeah, stressed I think out the, the whole time. I think the audience will understand what you mean. But he, he's like very like his eyes are sort of bugging out and he's like very strained the whole time. He's just kind of a weird looking guy. That's pretty funny. He kind of looks like he's like trying not to pee and or poop. Uh, some of the fight stuff is really funny. There's just stuff I love. Oh, right. I was saying, like, there's, like, these moments, like, there's one part in particular where it really stands out. I think Godzilla and Hedorah are fighting in one of these fields on a countryside somewhere. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be around Mount Fuji, Fuji. where all yeah. of those kids were. Hedorah and Godzilla are looking at each other, and Godzilla sort of taps a boulder with his tail, and it rolls, and Hedorah sort of looks at it, and then hard cut to this I don't know how they did this. If it's, it must be like a lens. I don't know how they're stretching or it's like stretched and, or squished. Okay, so bear with me. I think I might know how they did okay. it. Okay. Anamorphic lenses. It all comes back to anamorphic right. lenses. So the general idea is that it squishes everything uh, from left to right inward. Right. And so to get the proper effect, you have to rotate the lens to where it's perfectly the top oh. of the lens is facing up and the bottom of the lens is facing down or else you're going to get a skewed image and what i think they did is i think they rotated it 90 degrees so that it was like squishing everything in from top to bottom okay all right and i think the effect was getting this really flattened image yeah and it it just like it somehow communicates it communicates this thing that of it's, like, it's Hedorah's point of view. Yeah, I guess. It, it, but like, it's like such, it has such an effect. Right. So Godzilla bumps Boulder with tail, cut to Hedorah looking away from Godzilla at the Boulder, then hard cut to Godzilla, squish, punches him right in the face, and he punches his eye out, and it's just like so impactful. Somehow it's like, like he's somehow like 
immediately like right up on Hedorah too. Right. Like I don't know how he got that close to him. It's really funny, but it's also really cool, partly because of just how weird it is. But yeah, I, and then they do that a couple more times when Godzilla's punching him. And then, of course, there is a famous moment a, a lot of people will laugh at, and that's pretty justified. It's when, uh, so Godzilla has beaten Hedorah, more or less. He's uh, pretty much like, he's a, mostly ashes. He's pulled these balls out of Hedorah. His testicles, you might say, that's what I interpreted it as. You might have a different interpretation. But anyways, uh, he like vaporizes those with the, or, you know, burns them with the device. The atomizer or yeah, whatever they're calling whatever it. Whatever it is. But then the remains of Hedorah get up and start flying away. Yeah, like he's back to normal almost. Yeah, he's like still alive to some extent. But so like Godzilla's like, all right. And he turns his back to where Hedorah just flew. And he grabs his tail and he starts blowing his atomic breath. And uh, he starts flying backwards after Hedorah. And he catches right up with him. And he's sort of rotating a little bit like as he goes. I kind of read that, again, this is just a conclusion that I came to on this particular viewing, but I almost read it as kind of uh, not wanting to evolve Godzilla, but almost to make very clear that he was interested in doing different things with the same character and that he, he was interested in doing more than just what Godzilla had done before. And, yeah, totally. And, and almost just... Almost like a counterculture Godzilla. Like my Godzilla can fly. At this point, it's it's cool. It's it's sort of like uh, it really is like an anything goes type thing where it's like, all right, Hedorah's just flew away. He thought he had him. Godzilla's flying after him too. Right. He just does it. He doesn't like figure it out or anything. Just does it, and that's great. But it's also pretty comedic the way it, it sort yeah. of plays out. I feel like when when they were making it, they had to know that it looked goofy. To an extent, I feel like that was almost intentional. Mm -hmm. I don't think, yeah, I, I sort of feel like, yeah, like it's uh, like they don't care if it's how weird it is. It's just like, whatever, that's what I had planned. I don't really care how seriously you can really take Or that just bit. like, I, I feel like they could have, if they really wanted Godzilla to fly for a, a purpose in the plot, they could have figured out a, a better way to make him do that. But right. they chose kind of a ridiculous way. To, to draw attention to the fact that it, it's odd that we're seeing this happen. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, seeing the part in the beginning as a kid where the, the child has, like, Godzilla toys, I really liked that. Always wanted them. Yeah, he's got giant Godzilla Some action really figures. Really cool ones. They're giant, and they're, like, that 60s toy material where they're, like, all vinyl and, like, weird rainbow colors. Yeah. And you can see he has, like, more in the back. He had, like, a Ghidorah I saw yeah. and, like, an Anguirus. Yeah. I wanted him bad when I was kids. And they're huge. They're, like, a foot tall each. Yeah. And he's, like, I remember it always kind of made me mad. He looked kind of, like, bored with him. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's so cool, dude. Like, <laughs> mine, like, are, like, eight inches tall. Like, they're pretty. I like them. But, like, come on. Are we going to uh, turn it up to DEFCON 5 and enter Don Fry territory? I've been kicked in the head by a horse a few times. Was DEFCON 1 the most dangerous? I'll go first. So this movie has got a lot of merit to it. Um, it's a very interesting combination because, I, you know, I, I sort of talk about these movies a lot of the time in sort of binary terms because I, I try to sort of boil it down, but I'm like, okay, entertainment value and actual quality. 
And it's usually, you know, one of the two or a mix, usually a little more entertainment quality value. Like this one has got a sort of different, like it has actual merit this time, not so much in how it actually works as a movie necessarily, but mostly in how strange it is and how experimental it is. And it's not like the most experimental thing, but it's like trying to be different and it's trying to achieve something and it's sort of playing, it's being, you know, it's, it's, it's daring to go sort of different places. And it's even, you know, I haven't seen this movie in forever and it kind of catch caught me off guard having watched these movies, watching these movies sequentially. This one really sticks out as like, whoa, this is like really something different. It's exciting. But there's also, so it's not like, you know, I'm really interested in the characters. It's not like I'm really interested in the story or plot. Those aren't particularly interesting. It's more the way everything is done, the presentation of this thing. It's also, you can make fun of it a good little bit. Uh, it's not the best one to mock, but it, it's it's fun. It's, it's fun and it's cool. Uh, not much else to say. I'm going to give this a seven. For me, I feel like I, I've, I'm pretty happy with the way I've articulated my thoughts through the whole review. You're right that I think narratively uh, the story is not very different. If you're looking at, at, at a very mm-hmm. literal level, the story's not very different. The characters are more or less what we've been seeing, even though uh, this is a married couple and we usually don't get married couples. We, we get yeah. kind of younger people or people who are supposed to be younger. But in, in every other respect, this movie's trying to do something really cool and do something take this franchise in a different direction and especially today a lot of a lot of the bad godzilla movies are sort of getting almost a second chance in Mm. the community a lot of (laughs) a lot of people are sort of like well i like this one i i'm going to defend this movie and i almost feel like this one is like an exception to that like people are still saying like well that one's weird you know, yeah. and that's all the thought they're giving to it. But I think this movie is incredibly valuable, and I think it's an amazing piece of Godzilla history. The the fact that it, this movie is in the midst of all these other movies that mm-hmm. a lot of Godzilla movies can easily be described. They they fit a mold. Yeah, and it's so cool to have ones that really don't. I really enjoy this movie, and I enjoy it. Every time I watch it, I think I enjoy it a little more. <laughs> it, it's getting better with age, and I can appreciate more of what it's trying to do. And even though this guy directed one Godzilla movie a long time ago, this particular movie has like ingrained itself as a part of what makes Godzilla Godzilla in in a way. Godzilla embodies a lot of traits in this movie that I still think are, I I still heavily associate with what makes Godzilla the character Godzilla. I really enjoyed this movie tonight. I'm feeling a nine. Whoa. Solid nine. That's obscene. So now that that's out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Our next movie that we will be reviewing is also the next movie in the series Godzilla vs. Gigan. And we will be recording this right now. <laughs> 